Just in case anyone doesn't have the copy of the essay, How to Ensure the Stability of the New European Currencies, they're at the back there. There are some copies at the back in a box there where Woolly is at the moment. So you can get a copy if you haven't got one. Uh, so I know there are a few questions and they're not here, but uh, Ritha. Uh, in the paper it was explained about Japan and US that the devaluation doesn't necessarily lead to exports. Mm. And Japan has been at the receiving end for the last 50 years and the trade surplus is between in Japan. The currency is depreciated from 300 to 80. The productivity has gone up. So this is one example. On the other hand, if you take the same thing on USD CNY, Chinese Yuan, the Chinese trade surplus with US is not shrinking in spite of Chinese Yuan appreciating. There are signs of inflation in the economy. These two are completely different examples. Right? So, the, the, the dynamic that you saw with Japan, uh, that Milton, Schumann, Milton Friedman wanted uh, the depreciating currency would induce trade the other way hasn't happened and Japan has just had a huge and growing trade surplus mm. with the uh, United States and there's been no revival of US manufacturing in the other, di in the other direction. Yes. Looking at the same thing uh, between the United States and China, you're seeing that the trade balance with the United States is now starting to turn the other way. Uh, so it's, it's not, not exactly the same traje trajectory as the US-Japan. Uh, do you have any comments on that? Um, I... I don't take issue with that. I mean, it's not a replica, but the same forces I would maintain are present in both cases. Mm. So I think I would say that a blip, a blip doesn't make a trend. <laughs> it's just a blip at the moment. No, the thing is that in Japan, uh, there was no inflation at all. They were not able to have inflation for 20, 30 years. You can give any reason for that thing. Within China, what you've started seeing is that uh, the cost of production is going up, inflation is becoming structural in nature, and the same currency is appreciating, although it might have appreciated by 5%, but beyond a point of time, China is losing competitiveness, whereas Japan was not losing competitiveness. Mm. Why is such a difference? Well, there's another thing that uh, Japan played ball. In other words, mm. Japan submitted to American uh, Talked, whereas China didn't. China mm. fought back, uh, although gradually they appreciated their currency, but there's nothing in comparison with the appreciation in, in Japan. And uh, the Chinese story is still unfolding, so. I think it's, it's probably too soon to say that the trajectory is, is any different at the moment yet.
You're seeing signs that it might be, but you can't sort of extrapolate that, I think, just at this stage. But it, it will probably require a bit of further investigation. Might make a good topic for a bachelor's or a master's thesis. There's one more thing. Mm -hmm. Involving the U.S. for the policy, Milton Friedman. Mm. Wasn't it a Japan choice to export to U.S.? Isn't it a Chinese choice to export to U.S. because they don't have domestic consumption? What is wrong with that? Is there anything wrong? Is it, isn't it a voluntary choice to export to the U.S.? There's no no one forcing these these people to export these countries to export to the U.S. Well, there's a natural desire to export to the U.S. because that gives these countries... It's the largest cash. market. So then if U.S. is having some policies, if it suit only U.S., then what is wrong with that? Let me jump into this. I think it was in um, Budapest I talked a little bit about Triffin's dilemma. The United States is the exporter of the world's reserve currency. Everybody needs more and more of that currency. And the way to do that is to figure out whatever the American consumer wants to buy and produce that. And so they're, they, all the countries are tied together because of this acceptance of the reserve currency. So it's only the desire for this reserve currency which is making the production in such a way that it goes to a particular place from which you can get the reserve currency. Well, I wouldn't use the word only because this is a huge worldwide uh, mega trend. And if tomorrow you can change the reserve currency, then your production will not be tied towards somebody from whom you can get that reserve. Let's be clear that reserve currency does not mean, and this is, this is something I've been arguing and, and writing about, reserve currency does not mean the currency that India happens to do trade with Pakistan in. It means the currency that every central bank in the world has loaded up their balance sheet with in order to pyramid credit in their own currencies. So to the, to the Reserve Bank of Australia, the dollar, the US dollar is the asset, and the Australian dollar is the liability. How do you change this? How do you change the balance sheet by electing a new president? You can't. You're stuck. You have that as your asset. It is what it is. And you can go and dump that and buy gold, maybe. But then there are so many structural problems with that that that's not nobody's figured out how to do that, and or nobody has a desire to do that. That's the that's the full part of the dilemma. Does that makes sense. So it continues to it continues till the day it continues, and one day it will just fall. Because think, it's a pyramiding thing. I think that's the, the thesis. It's not a problem until it's a problem. Oh, um, I've got one comment before we move to the next question on Japan and China. Before Japan entered into its deflationary period, there was a huge inflation in Japan. I mean, the, the Emperor's Palace was worth more than the whole of the state of California. So you have to look at it in terms of that context, in terms of the deflation that Japan is experiencing now. The relationship between the United States and China in its current guise is only 10 years old. Whereas before the Japanese bubble popped, the relationship between Japan and the US had been going on for 30, 40 years. So you, you, you're not comparing it on a similar time scale at the moment, I think. Yeah, I think 
China's on the same trajectory as Japan, mm. but they're not as far along the curve yeah. yet. Now, here's a question which I couldn't find the answer to. Japan had huge foreign exchange reserve, mostly in dollars, just like China had uh, a couple of years ago, or even today, it does have. But what happened to that reserve? Why uh, Japan is not using mm -hmm. that reserve to... <coughs> I mean, Japan today is counted among the countries the greatest uh, government debt in terms of GDP, uh, compared to GDP. What happened to the Japanese foreign exchange reserve? Just disappeared or was depreciated away or is it still in escrow because uh, <laughs> the Americans of course don't want you to spend uh, the Americans don't want you to spend your foreign exchanges are held in US Treasury they want you to hang on keep your US bonds in fact if you spend if you cashed in you sell sold the uh, US T bonds say as uh, Japan's uh, finance minister you made decision that we don't want to increase our indebtedness anymore so we are going to pay uh, by selling our reserves <coughs> that would pretty well upset the uh, US Treasury bond market. It couldn't handle the business. It's, uh, it's just uh, the numbers are too big. So this would have this should shouldn't have uh, been allowed in the first place. This, I mean, the whole system is just insane, from one end to the other. You couldn't create a worse system than what we have. We've got some more questions, so let's let's. Corby has. Yeah, perhaps it's possible to ask in German, and perhaps Chris can translate. Chris can translate the question for the professor in English. Um, in the article, how to ensure the stability of the new European currencies, heißt es, dass es keine Möglichkeit gibt, schlussendlich Schuld zum, zu erlöschen oder zu auszu, also abzubauen, egal wie. Yeah, the question is, why is it not possible to extinguish that in the system? It's on page two. Why is it not possible to extinguish debt in the current monetary system? Well, because of the lack of gold. Gold is the only ultimate... You can shift that around from one balance sheet to another, from a bank to a central bank or a central bank to the treasury, but it's not being extinguished, it's just being shifted. And it seems to me that ultimately all this uh, that sh is being shifted to the U.S. Treasury 
and the U.S. Treasury is in the worst possible shape to handle that. So uh, the outcome is most pessimistic. You know, there's not one positive uh, uh, thing about the present uh, situation. It can only get worse. And uh, I don't see how they could avoid that. Rudy. Yeah, uh, put it very simply, gold is an asset, period. It has no liability side. It's a positive, it has positive worth, it's a prison good. Every paper asset has a liability in somebody else's book. So if you move that stuff around, you're not changing the aggregate, you're just moving it from here to there. But if you pay it off with gold, it disappears, because gold has no liability side. Um, but the asset, when you pay it back, the liability is also extinguished. No, you're not paying it back with a, positive, a thing of positive value. You're paying it back with the liabilities of the Federal Reserve, the bank notes. Those are liabilities on the book of the Federal Reserve that issues them. And on the asset side of the Federal Reserve book are Treasury bonds, which are also promises. So promises on both sides. If if the Federal Reserve had gold on its asset side, then you could do it because gold has no liability attached to it. Um, also, when the Zentralbank Gold hinterlegt hat, dann wäre es möglich. Aber so, solange sie nicht zu 100% Gold hinterlegt hat, wäre es nicht möglich, die Schuld auszulöschen. Bruh. <laughs> Say that again? Yeah, of course. Um, die Zentralbank hat sie Gold hinterlegt, es ist möglich, die Schuld auszulöschen. Immer ein bisschen Ludwig, aber habe ich ja Sollen wir dann nochmal privat später darüber reden? Gerne. Weil das ist natürlich der zentrale Punkt hier, weil das Ganze hier Darum geht es genau um deine Frage. Ludwig, die Frage war, as long as the central bank has gold, the system would work. Well, it doesn't really matter where the gold is, as long as it's in circulation and in use. You see, as long, well, can I give you a very simple example in two minutes? Yeah. Let's suppose I, I'm baking a cake and I need some sugar. So I call up my friend John. John, do you have any sugar? Give me some sugar and I give you an IOU. The next week, I go to the <coughs> store, I buy some sugar, I give you back your sugar, I think the IOU tear it up. The debt is extinguished. Okay. Is that clear? Yeah. But let's say I forget to go to the store, and my friend calls me up and says, I want my sugar back. I forgot. Call my friend, Jane. Jane, have you got some sugar? Yeah. Could you please give it to John? She gives him the sugar, and he gives her the IOU. Now John is out of the loop, but the credit has only been shuffled over to Mary, because I still owe that sugar to her. She's got the IOU. But when you give him the sugar, that's okay. If I do, but sugar is the gold. So the gold has to go to pay the IOU, not the IOU going from one person to another. In the IOU, you can buy gold. Well, that's, um, that's fine. You, you, can, you can go to Everybody can go outside and buy silver or gold coins, no problem. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> For the moment. The the moment. <laughs> There's always a fool who will part with his gold and silver for pay the money. For the moment, until 
Recordation is final, and there will not be a fool anymore where you can exchange paper money for gold. You can't extinguish a promise with another promise. It's just another promise. And this promise, and that promise, and another promise, and another promise, and promise, and promise, and promise, which is that, 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 and there's no sugar. Ludwig? I think the question also points to the fact that what happens in the central bank balance sheet, where the state treasury pays the central bank, um, the debt of the central bank has an assets. So um, I think the question points to the fact that um, doesn't the debt, well, the asset of the central bank, the debt of the treasury, get crossed out when the when the when the treasury pays the central bank in cash notes? What cash notes? The treasury has no assets. The treasury has only a tax base. So the only thing, the only way today the treasury can pay its debt is by taxing people. In the old days, there was gold in the treasury, and that was the ultimate store of positive goods. I know that, that you know the, the, the bill, the, the dollars, the dollar notes don't really get into circulation without the central bank buying some treasury bonds. Yeah. But in case that the, let's say there's a circle going on around that the uh, uh, treasury somehow taxes the people once again and takes out every single dollar that there is or deposit that the central bank created and taxes it out of the people and purchase back the treasuries that the central bank has in assets. And basically there's no money in the system. That's correct. That's your new question. There's no money in the system, and there is, but, but the central bank balance sheet shrinks, it disappears, it's zero then again. Mm. From where, that's where it started. <laughs> yeah. But I think the question was pointing in that direction, because I think there's yeah. certain unclarities. Um, you can't cancel, you can't cancel it, because then the deposit system will just suddenly evaporate. You'll realize that all of these deposits were fictitious, and, and that could cause problems. I think <laughs> Every debtor in the world would default mm. because there'd be no money with which to pay the debt. Mm. That, that, that I think the controversy arises uh, from because, in fact, it is possible to, to retire the debt that the central bank has, but it would have devastating consequences. So basically, the possibility is given, but the consequences mm. is what nobody wants to have, and that's why it keeps on increasing. And I think that was what you were pointing to. Yes. Oh, that was. What was your question yeah. referring to? So basically, it is possible, but, uh, but everything is going to collapse because <laughs> the raw commodity that, 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 if you could call dollar notes, that the raw commodity that would be used to pay back the, the, the liabilities that are sitting with the commercial banks, that's the raw commodity that everything has to be paid back in. One more crack. If all debt is, if all money is debt, then if you pay off the debt, all money disappears. There's nothing left. But if there's a bunch of gold here, and debt built on the gold, and this debt disappears, the gold stays. Yeah, perhaps it's the best way to clear the question finally to talk with perhaps Ludwig and Ben or somebody else. In German, perhaps a little bit in English, but somebody else. Yeah, because my English is not very well, so not every answer I can still understand, so sorry. My Deutsch is not very English. Nicht fighting Deutsch. I think the issue would get a lot clearer if you could draw just a 
the central bank balance sheet and, and, and basically what happens in the first place and how the dollar notes arise and then how they disappear again? I'll, I'll go through it with you yeah, in yeah. person, Corby. Okay. To, to resolve your issues so that you understand it. Okay. Christoph? Um, let's imagine we have a, a gold standard one day, a gold standard without a central bank and with the working uh, real bills market clearing houses. How would silver come into play? Would there be competing currencies? Or would there be only gold as money? Or would there be gold and silver and money? Or would there be competing currencies? What currency? How would come silver into play when we have a gold standard as you would propose to have the oh, gold yeah, standard with the central bank a, and with the working real market? Very important question. Uh, you see, you have to put the gold coin back into the hands of the consumer and the laborer as well. The, the, the laboring classes, the workers, are the most important consumers from that point of view because the uh, it's like the uh, water circulation in the atmosphere through rain through fertilizes soil and so on eventually goes into the oceans through rivers and then evaporates and clouds are formed and the rain comes back again. This is something very similar. Gold has to have that full circle, you know, has to be recycled. So um, the, the, the system would not work if they keep the gold in central banks or banks or, you know, the, uh, the way to do it uh, is uh, the uh, <coughs> the government has to open the mint to gold. That's the first step. And when it does, then people will come forward and bring gold to the mint. The the incentive is that gold in coined form is uh, worth uh, marginally more than gold gold in bullion form. But more important than that is the marketability of the gold coin is maximum. The marketability of the gold bullion, like the 400 ounce gold bar, is inferior to the marketability of the gold coin. So this is very important to see, that the opening of the mint is uh, going to do that change. It will increase the marketability of gold, it will expedite the uh, flow of gold, and uh, once it goes into circulation, it's important to have legislation, I think, also, to make it incumbent on the employers to pay the laborers, the weak, uh, those who get their wages weekly, in gold or silver coins. Perhaps silver is the answer because gold will uh, be too valuable for that. So silver has a very important future here because it will complete that uh, recycling process. Uh, the uh, the uh, consumer has to have the gold or silver coin. That's very important. 
And the opening of the mint is a step in that direction. Perhaps there are other things too, and you may think of them and, and mention them here. But so opening the mint is very, very So important. silver would be used as a means of payment? So silver would be used as a means of payment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, the ratio between gold and silver would not be fixed like under bimetals, and that was a yeah, mistake. That was the crime of 1873, that they fixed it, uh, and uh, silver was overvalued, so that due to the Gresham's law, and it was taken off the market. That's how they did it in 1873, and only later in 1900, and they legalized the gold standards of the state. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if silver was overvalued or not, but the it shouldn't be fixed by government uh, declaration. The market should decide, and probably the market would stabilize that ratio, but it should not be stabilized forcefully by the government. How about um, more competing currencies? Would there be only gold and silver? I have problem with this idea, the so-called free banking. I mean, okay, suppose gold and silver are already in circulation as money. Now, there's somebody calling himself a free bank. What kind of money could he put in circulation? Paper? Platinum. Or promising to pay gold or silver, a combination of the two? In any case, a promise is always inferior to the real thing. Now, now uh, you might have a point if you argue, but I don't think the free banking people are arguing that way. But if you say that uh, the, uh, the uh, the paper money these free banks put into circulation are backed by real bills. Then I say, well, perhaps uh, this can be discussed and it's useful. However, you have to remember that the real bill is ultimately payable in gold or maybe in silver, but it's not payable in paper money. Why? Because paper money is inferior to real bills. The marketability of real bills will beat any kind of paper money because the real bills are maturing into gold coin. As the, we are assuming that the goods on which the real bills are drawn are in the highest possible consumer demand. So the consumer will remove these goods and these bills are self-liquidating because the sale of the good will provide the means to retire the credit. You see, that's also part of that circulation. As I made the comparison between water in the atmosphere. There is a recycling of water. The rain and, and uh, you know, and the evaporation of water, formation of clouds, and back again. But uh, that's very, very similar because the uh, consumer, as you, your first question indicated, has to have the 
silver coins and the gold coins to make the purchases. If you take the gold coin out of their hands, then this uh, recycling is going to break down. May I add one more question? Sure. Uh, what would the unit of account be? Uh, when you explain <coughs> this system to somebody else, you know, they think, well, now prices are denominated in legal tender, which is here, euro, which is in the United States, the US dollar, and, you know, the entity is one dollar or one euro. Now, uh, we have the system we, we would like to have. What would be the unit of account? Would it be gold or would it be silver? Or, you know, like the first day you said uh, you you think it's very important that we have coins and not, uh, you know, five, 400 ounce uh, um, uh, 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 bullion. Uh, uh, so, uh, what, what would be on the price tags, on the labels in the shop? Would they, would they say this costs one gram gold or, or 0.3 gram gold? Or what would be the common denominator, the unit of account? Well, first of all, there will be contracts, uh, <coughs> private contracts drawn up in uh, units of monetary metal, gold and silver. And uh, each contract would name monetary metal. Now, when it comes to uh, retail markets, such as an open-air market or a department store or what have you, then uh, the, uh, uh, it, it's, it's up to the uh, seller to uh, put a price on and the seller may decide to quote a silver price or may decide to call a gold price or may do both at the same time. And, and uh, if, uh, for instance, the retail merchant put a gold price and the uh, article doesn't move, this might suggest that in order to move the article, you would better be better off with silver price. And then, of course, the uh, retailer would have, if, he, if it's gold what he wants, would have to go to the uh, market and exchange his silver for gold. So I don't think there is a categorical answer to this type of a no, question. No, but it's, I think it's an important question because uh, now money has the function of, you know, you want to compare prices, you know, you want to know, do I buy my bread at this baker shop or at this baker shop? Now you can see it's so and so much euro here and so and so much euro there. So how, what, how do you make prices comparable in our world or in this world? And uh, may it just add one more thing. Let's say if it is gold, or if it is gram gold, gram of gold, then there's just one more, and then there's even one more question. What kind of gold? Uh, bullion delivered uh, in London, or coins delivered at your local bank? As you just mentioned uh, minutes ago, or <coughs> an hour ago, you said the coins, due to the uh, agio, uh, uh, are slightly more expensive than bullion. I mean, the same amount of gold, gram of gold, in, in form of coins, uh, uh, intensive 
to, to produce coins is, 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 is more labor intensive and, and you need machines and so and have a big bullion chunks, you know. Mm. So it needs to be defined in order to have prices comparable and, 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 a, and a means of, of, of comparison uh, to define the unit of account. For instance, say it's one gram of gold in form of a uh, ounce coin which you could draw from your local bank. This would be a kind of standard, what I would consider to be a standard. But we need some kind of standard because otherwise, how, how shall you compare prices? Well, I think a lot of these things cannot be answered in, in the abstract. You've got to have a working market and then the market works out its own okay. solutions. And, and sometimes we can predict, sometimes we may not be very in a very strong position to make predictions. But one thing uh, is fairly clear. You have to have both silver coins and gold coins in circulation and uh, the uh, participants in the market will then decide who make the exchanges, whether it's silver that they prefer or it is gold. But they have to, both have to be available. And I find the Latin monetary union coinage uh, a good guiding example. And what they had was the 10 franc gold piece, which was the smallest, the 20 franc gold piece, and they also had a hundred franc gold piece. This was not very, uh, uh, didn't have a high visibility because it was not so practical as the small, smaller ones, but the small ones were in active circulation, which was comparable to the twenty dollar gold, uh, gold piece. Now, in addition, they had the one franc, two franc silver coin and the five franc and maybe even the half franc and uh, this is this is uh, a mistake because the, this implied the fixed exchange ratio so I would like to suggest uh, that they should be given a different name the silver coins call the Call the five franc coin one thaler, which is roughly comparable to the historical German coin thaler, which uh, com comes from Joachim Stahl, today's Czechoslovakia. That's that why was the dollar is called dollar. Yeah, the dollar, from the dollar, the word dollar is uh, derived from Taler, and in every language there is a word corresponding to that. Uh, may sound different, just like dollar sounds different from Taler, but Tal means valley, and that's Joachim's Tal, a valley in, in Bohemia where uh, one of the first uh, rich silver mines were discovered and the mint was established there and so on and so forth. So uh, don't mention five franc silver coin, that's out, that's out. Call it one thaler and then you have the smaller coins which would be the 
one tower, or half tower, quarter tower, uh, you know, uh, smaller coins also. And uh, this, I think, would work as a starter, and later on you can modify it as necessary. And you'd have a tower against Frank exchange, so you'll see for the people who price in gold or silver, you know, there'll be an exchange price quite visible, you know, so not all is lost. Colby. Yeah, okay, um, one short question and um, one other question perhaps takes a bit more time. Um, the short question is in the um, document about how to ensure the stability of the European currency is the Sorry, is there something like bills or real bills in what? Yeah, in the book. Which book? About real bills. I think yeah, it's all about real bills. I think it's about it's about it's about real bills. That's all it's about. Um, are you talking about that book next to Peter? Yes, yes. Oh, but that that's in German. Why don't you read it? Huh? Okay, perhaps you can show me the the side where it is. Yes. Okay, thanks. And the second question is: um, There are the currencies gold, silver, and real bills. And is it useful to have IOUs? Or is it useful to forbid them? Or is it, isn't it necessary to forbid them? Forbid what? Um, another um, another some, metal? Some, some IOUs. Okay. Would it be necessary to prohibit things apart from gold, silver, and bills denominated in gold and silver? I don't see any need for a further one, and certainly it's a mistake to talk about platinum as a monetary metal. Platinum was tried out as a monetary metal by Russia, Tsarist Russia. They did have platinum coins, but it was a failure. It never really uh, flew. It was not a success. And there's a good reason, too. You've got to have a certain amount of monetary metal in existence above ground in order to have a successful uh, monetary system based on that metal. And platinum is just a latecomer. The amount of platinum which exists outside of industry is, is very minimal. It's just not capable. Uh, you won't have confidence in the monetary system unless there is a large amount. So that any change in the annual production figures of gold, for instance, is going to be negligible. Even if there's a huge new gold discovery occurring somewhere in the world, is not going to change that much because in comparison with the existing stores of gold, the uh, change will be minimal. The stock to flow ratio will not be disturbed greatly. In the case of platinum, uh, discovery of a new platinum mine could upset that uh, stock to flow ratio 
so much that it would have unpleasant consequences as far as money is concerned. So I think the two monetary metals, gold and silver, will fill the bill. But real bills have to augment this circulation. Even if you take the two monetary metals together, is not enough metal to cover all the exchanges. You just have to have the real bill market as a natural extension because the, uh, the goods in the highest consumer demand will have a special character. You can draw bills against them and that these bills will circulate. Okay. Could take uh, one or two more questions and finish. One or two more short questions, and I think if there are any, no, no. Thank you very okay, much. Thanks very much.